a very tough fighter who could destroy perhaps Mike Pence in debate. And uh, this, this is, uh, I think, going to be a, a formidable combination. We shall see tomorrow when they uh, present themselves together in Delaware. But uh, there were lots of people in, but a lot in the black community, particularly the congressional caucus of the blacks. If you don't choose a black woman, you're in trouble, Joe Biden. And I think he's heard that message pretty clearly. But clearly, this is a very formidable, well-qualified senator who is now a vice presidential candidate. Thank you very much. You heard there Barry Ward, our international economics correspondent in Washington, D.C., Stuart Allcroft, chairman of City Trust, and Nitin Dialdus, who's chief investment officer at Mandarin Capital. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's one more time go around the Asian stock markets. First of all, in Australia, the SX200 is more or less flat. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is up uh, a third of a percent. The Cosby in South Korea up about 0.2%. Uh, looks like the Hang Seng is going to lose about 50 points at the open, which will take it down to about 24,800. Plenty of action in the commodities markets. A bit of a rebound going on uh, in gold and silver following that big sell-off overnight. Gold currently up about $12 at $1,920 an ounce. Silver also recovering about 2% as well from its 13-14% loss last night. Brent crude oil trading at $44.64 a barrel. And the US dollar a little bit stronger at 106.6 against the Japanese yen. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do please stay tuned for Back Chat after the 8.30 news. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. The weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy, occasional showers, few squally thunderstorms. There is a thunderstorm warning in force. The maximum temperature is going to be about 30 degrees. And there'll be occasional showers and thunderstorms tomorrow. Fewer showers in the following couple of days. And then very hot early next week. It's 28 degrees right now, 89% relative humidity. It's 8.32. Here's Pierre Tremblay with the half-hour news. The U.S. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden has selected the California Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate against Donald Trump for November's election. The BBC's Anthony Zercher explains why Mr. Biden may have selected Ms. Harris. There are a number of reasons. First and foremost, it brought balance to the ticket. Joe Biden is 77 years old. Kamala is 55. Relative youth to the ticket. Joe Biden's a white man. And Kamala Harris is a black woman who has ancestry, a father from Jamaica, a mother from India. So it reflects more of the diversity of the Democratic Party. She was friends with Joe Biden's son, Beau Biden, who died of brain cancer about four years ago. They were both attorneys general. They worked together. They were friends. Uh, and I think that carried a lot of weight for Joe Biden. Family is important to him. And knowing that she was close to Beau Biden, I think that may have put her over the finish line. In local news, the Apple Daily founder, Jimmy Lai, has been released on police bail after spending more than 36 hours in custody in a national security case. Well-wishers shouted, support Daily, support Apple Daily, as he left the station in Mongkok and walked to his car shortly after midnight. He declined to comment to reporters. It's understood that Mr. Lai's two sons and other executives of his next media company were also released. Earlier, the former De- Demosisto activist Agnes Chow was released from Taipo Police Station a day after being arrested on suspicion of colluding with foreign forces. She'll have to report to police on September the 1st and must give up her passport. She said the arrest was ridiculous and she'd promised to give up her international outreach work, outreach work before the new law took effect.
I would say that it's very obvious that the regime and the government is using the national security law to suppress political dissidents. And these kind of situations would not only happen on me, but will happen on more and more um, Hong Kong people in the future. So I hope that, um, well, I hope that more people can, well, keep their eye on um, the situation of Hong Kong and and I hope that well, Hong Kongers shall not um, give up. Hong Kong has reported a significant drop in new COVID-19 infections with just 33 confirmed cases yesterday compared to 69 on Monday and a peak of 149 in one day two weeks ago. The Center for Health Protection's Dr. Zheng Zhukuan cautioned against reading too much into the falls. I think there's a overall um, a bit decreasing trend, but the daily number may fluctuate from t- from daily because um, although we have 33 cases today, but uh, we still have around 50 uh, preliminary positive cases. So um, I hope the trend will continue with all the efforts from the community as well as from the government. Next news at nine. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today, Andrew Work. Andrew, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. We're talking today about political developments, in particular the decision about the uh, LegCo elections. China's top legislature has made a unanimous decision to allow the entire LegCo to stay on for a year. Now the elections have been postponed until next September. The Standing Committee decision will allow for pro-democracy lawmakers to retain their status, though they were barred from running in the now postponed polls for the next council. Some reports say that means the decision of whether they can continue is in the hands of the Hong Kong government. Well, what do you make of the decision? Is it a concession of some kind? Should the Democrats join the extended session or boycott it? Has the recent exercise of the national security legislation made a difference? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us. And our telephone number is 233-88266, Joining us now is Professor Ho Lok Sang, Senior Research Fellow at the Pan Sutong Shanghai e- uh, Hong Kong Economic Policy Research Institute at the Lingnan University of uh, Hong Kong. We hope to be joined soon also by uh, Alan Lung, Governor of the Path of Democracy. Fred Lee is going to be joining us as well in the second part of the programme. Once again, if you want to join in, uh, call us, 233-88266, join the conversation, or you can email backchat at rthk.hk, or there's always, of course, uh, Facebook uh, as well. Uh, a lot of kind of these issues are uh, overlapping, so uh, we've got we've got already got quite a few emails on uh, matters relating to uh, Jimmy Lai and to, as I say, the national security law uh, and various other things. Um, uh, an email, as this is from yesterday. Uh, from Robbie, who says, uh, thank God that the government have finally taken steps to apply sanctions against the individuals running the CIA-backed Washington-based organizations National Endowment for Democracy, Human Rights Watch, National Democratic Institute, and the International Republican Institute. There is a big story here as to how the U.S. government have funded the rioters. Visitors to Washington in Hong Kong over a period of several years and surprised really is that the government has taken so long to act. That comes uh, from Robbie. Uh, Matthew had a question for Bernard Chan who we were speaking to yesterday. I'm sorry this came through late, uh, Matthew, uh, honestly. So, uh, uh, so uh, yeah, so uh, 
Uh, we so uh, we we weren't able to get to it then. Uh, uh, the uh, question from Matthew was uh, for Bernard Chan, Mr. Chan. In the broader historical context, would you also say it was right? for Nelson Mandela to be jailed and wrong for him and others who fought apartheid by seeking international support to boycott sporting and other interactions with South Africa when their own government failed to listen to and represent them. And uh, a longer email, this is from uh, Richard, uh, who says, I think this is not a kind of a regular Richard, this is uh, a Richard, let's put it like that. Uh, he, Richard says, Emily Lau, and to some extent Bernard Chan, wittering on yesterday was a load of nonsense. It's time to accept reality. Hong Kong is where it is. It will never return to pre-NSL uh, times. We will have the NSL forever. We, the Hong Kong people and our government, have only ourselves to blame with a series of fundamental mistakes commencing with our failure to enact Article 23 for so many years, as was our responsibility under the basic law. Then a major slap in the face to China in 2014 with a refusal to accept a small but progressive change in the election process for the CE. More recently we've had the Carrie Lam extradition fiasco leading to extended rioting, extreme violence, significant damage to property and injury including some deaths and all this at the same time is insulting and abusing the sovereign nation to the extreme. We should be ashamed of ourselves. I'm no supporter of the CCP but it's no wonder China acted as it did. We pushed them to the extreme and in the end we got what we reserved. Uh, yes, we have a completely incompetent CE and government in many areas with approval ratings off the board at the bottom end. So what should they do now relative to the pressing issues facing the Hong Kong people and to restore some semblance of respect? Uh, well, but for example, housing remains one, if not the most pressing concerns to so many people, and it is well within the power of the government to resolve, providing we do not listen to the major developers for once. They do not care about the people, only care about their balance sheets and their shareholders, not surprisingly. Uh, for the full-cost uh, private sector, government should consider a subsector where the land cost of uh, land element of cost is sold into developments by government on a lease basis. Clearly, government also needs to ensure it does not take measures to bring about any major reduction in existing values in the private sector. But at the same time, measures must continue or be enhanced to ensure we do not have ongoing and ridiculous price increase experienced in recent years. It's within the power of the government to make significant changes in its overall housing policy for the good of Hong Kong people as a whole and not for the more privileged. It's time for Carrie, her government and Exco to get off their butt and do something. Perhaps we can then forget to some extent the worries many have had just now and allow us to move on knowing we have a government and the CE that cares, listens to our concerns and acts in those areas where she can. That's a, a edited version of uh, Richard's message. Uh, Holoksan, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, let's talk about those, uh, first of all, those uh, four uh, legislators who will be allowed, it seems, or the MPC has said it's that they have no, they haven't raised any objection, in particular to them continuing in the extended legislative uh, council. Uh, what do you make of that decision? Well, I think uh, it's a good decision. It's just uh, uh, it's a good opportunity uh, for them, for these legislators, to show that they are working in the interest of Hong Kong. And uh, I think if their focus is on on Hong Kong's domestic policies, which is our jurisdiction, I think, uh, uh, personally, I wouldn't even distinguish between the, so, the so-called uh, pro-establishment camp and the pandemic camp. I wouldn't dis make any distinction at all, you see, if, uh, if they are actually sincerely, you know, working uh, in interest of Hong Kong, looking at our domestic policies, you know, instead of 
um, um, you see, the one thing that really upset me was when I read uh, Benitez's uh, uh, proposal, okay, to uh, sort of burn together, you know, that kind of strategy. It doesn't make sense. And, and I was quite upset when I, when I saw that some uh, pandems actually uh, sort of endorsed that. And, and I hope uh, this is an opportunity for a change. But isn't the point of the election that the voters are the ones that get to decide who's working in the interests of Hong Kong? Well, we'll see. We'll see, yeah. Uh, um, certainly, you see, if uh, you have uh, a burn-together strategy, you know, trying to stop all kind of funding, regardless of uh, the justification on, on part of government, that, that certainly wouldn't be working in the interest of Hong Kong. But I mean, block, so I blocking a budget is hardly a blo- blocking right. a budget. I mean, regardless of the rhetoric surrounding it, blocking a budget is a pretty yeah, normal part of a functioning or, legislature. Or, yeah, blocking you go back the budget and negotiate. block and also uh, uh, blocking any request for funding. You know, that was the uh, strategy proposed by Benny, and I was really upset when I saw it. I I, I didn't believe it. You know, you know when when it was first uh, circulating in the in the in the social media, I I, I thought it couldn't be true so so i tried to search for for any um, original text you know and and then i found his article in apple daily and i was really upset i but he's, he's not elected that. by the people of hong kong i mean he's not in the legislature is he like no, I, I don't no, understand no, why you're no, 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 but, talking about but him. he he master masterminded that strategy and actually uh um uh you know this so-called primaries was a part of that strategy and, and it was quite explicit yeah, but we're talking about the four legislators that are going to be yeah, continuing yeah, the I mean, exactly, how, how are those connected? Exactly. That is why, that is why I, I'm saying that if this is an opportunity for them to prove themselves. You know, if they, if they work in the interest of Hong Kong and just focus on the domestic policies to make sure that the, po- the domestic policies, uh, uh, you know, in the conscience, in their own conscience, uh, is, is really good for Hong Kong, then they just uh, press for it. And I wouldn't make any t- distinction between between their camp and the so-called pro- establishment camp. Well, I, guess, I wouldn't make any distinction at all, you know? Yeah, I guess their opportunity to prove themselves would have been in front of the exactly. voters, but they're uh, not going to get uh, that um, chance anymore. Yeah, yeah but... Uh, but but, but, they've already, but they've already yeah. been banned for the next election. So how can they yeah. prove themselves? Yeah, that was, of course, uh, based on a uh, uh, reading of the past behavior, but uh, past is not... That doesn't tell too much about the future, you know, if they, uh, you know, uh, they, they may have uh, changed the mind, I, I, I don't know, you see, so, uh, of course, it's important for them, you know, to prove themselves, and I think uh, if, uh, if uh, we can see that the, the pandemics are, you know, with that kind of mindset, I wouldn't even worry about their having a majority in the, in the legislature. Do you think this was? Uh, why did the MPCSE make this decision? Do you think it was a like a calming thing? It was supposed to be like a some sort of concession. Uh, well, I think it is wise. It's wise for they, them. They're pulling their punches, so, as the standard says. You, what do you think? You see, the fact is that uh, uh, I, I think they understand that uh, they should make uh, the least changes, you know, to the existing arrangements as possible. Like, for example, they didn't make any change about the, the term of office, you know, the, this four-year term. That was initially the case, and it didn't want to, to change that. You know, the, the only change uh, in this particular uh, uh, juncture 
is uh, uh, as a response to the spread of the epidemic. Mm. And uh, and I think um, uh, um, they're right. You know, they, they, they shouldn't make more change than is absolutely necessary. Mm. Do, do you think, it, but do you think it was that decision? I mean, they could have done or they could have said, well, they've already been banned, you know, they've already been deemed unfit to... to uh, to, to uh, stand as legislators, to be act as legislators. Yeah, but, uh, uh, but so, they have so, been elected. In so, a, in, but do you think then it was sort of a kind of concession then? Do you think it was a softer path, deliberately? And that was the message? Well, I wouldn't make that interpretation. Mm, but of okay. course, uh, some people would make that interpretation. But, uh, but I think it is wise for them, you know, to... Uh, you know, to... Uh, um, um, let them prove themselves, and I think if they actually do prove themselves, and I hope that in the uh, when there's a next uh, election comes, um, I I think they can still apply, you know, and and see if they would be uh, censored at that time. Okay, yeah. well, one 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 slight sort of uh, question of emphasis as well. Um, I see the South China Morning Post is kind of framing this as handing it back to the SAR government to make the decision on whether these four can stand, whereas others kind of accounts of it say um, basically they're allowing these people to stand and they're saying, you know, we have no objection, so therefore these four will, will stand. Do you see this as handing it back to the SAR government or do you think the MPCSC has made the decision that they can join? I think uh, uh, the, uh, the MPCSC should allow the SAR government to make as much decision as possible. Or maybe and you think that's forward. what they're doing here? They're, they're saying it's up to you? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's, yeah, there's certain things that, that, that so many things that can, be, can be done uh, um, uh, by the SAR administration and it's up to them to do, you know, uh, to make their own decisions. Okay. Okay. Couple yeah. of uh, couple of comments in uh, emails. Matthew says, uh, "Should we now feel relieved and grateful for the CPP's benevolence because four elected legislators who were illegitimately disqualified from participating in the delayed election are now allowed to participate in an extended legislative council unilaterally forced on Hong Kong people against our will? What a joke!" Regarding the question of whether the pandemic should participate in this extended legislative term or not, this is a big and important decision with strong views for and against. I think legislative does not sit again until October. So my thinking is, why rush to decide? I hope that Pan-Democrats will take the chance to do the opposite of the CCP and get out and engage with people and listen to their views on this issue. The primary election in July was a great success, so I would love to see consideration given to using a similar mechanism. Let people, Hong Kong people have their say again this time. Uh, that comes uh, from Matthew. I should mm. say that we invited a number of, uh, of uh, Democrats uh, on the programme um, this mm. morning, but uh, they declined to uh, to uh, join us. Whether they're, I think they're maybe making up their minds. Um, Alan, in an email, says, "Quote: Will allow four democracy lawmakers to retain their status." Uh, unquote. That's a concession. Like a robber not cutting your throat after hitting you on the head is a concession. Anyway, more likely, the motivation is that if they ejected any members, they would be required to have by-elections, which the DAB would lose. So we'd have to reinterpret that law too. Since they have the numbers anyway, they can put up with the Democrats, but I expect we'll continually harass and threaten and exclude them. Or have a Reichstag fire and just stop pretending there is any representative democracy. That comes from Alan. Alan Long isn't with us now, Governor of the Path of Democracy. Mr Long, good morning to you. Morning. Thanks very much indeed for, for joining us. What about, first of all, that decision to allow, or it seems, or not 
not rule against those four uh, legislators uh, mm. returning to uh, LegCo um, in the next session or the same session. Uh, what do you make of that? It was actually from uh, very early on editorials in Ming Pao, two editorials. It was Carol Lam's original recommendation made mm. to uh, yeah, it was, yeah. to uh, NPC, mm. and and uh, it was the NPC SE was simply carrying out, uh, you know, at this time uh, carrying out Carol Lam's recommendation, and I don't think it was it was that simple because Deep Blue was in Beijing was dead against it dead against this recommendation. They want a provisional legislature. And there was rule, rule against that that almost uh, deadly draconian measures that will almost destroy Hong Kong. So you can always see this as a victory on, on, on part of Kerry Lam that he got got his way, despite of the strong push by the ACP. Hmm. I mean, that, that would counteract the narrative uh, that Carrie, Carrie Lam's just taking orders from the north now and doesn't make any of her own decisions. I mean, this would suggest that there was some decision-making flowing, you know, in both directions. What, what, what are you talking about? Well, I'm just saying it's a common narrative. That no, Carrie... this, is, this is, you know, if it's a common narrative, you should verify it. There is a real vacuum in delaying it. Mm. And there is another editorial in Ming Pao which says this is actually a measure invented by, actually by Carrie Lam again to counter this 35-plus Paul Sang talk about. So it may be a lame duck excuse to delay the decision because of the pandemic, because other places have held it. But and on the balance, he, he chose a path and got a result that is more acceptable. I mean, Hong Kong doesn't need, need more trouble, really, in, in provoking any international inter, uh, interference and, and so on. And it turns out well. And... As Holok Song said, uh, this is a sign that Beijing is allowing Hong Kong to make more decisions on its own. Hmm. Is there, uh, I haven't seen anything, in the, 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 but the framers of the basic law, did they, they didn't anticipate a situation wherein a delay of elections might be required. I mean, are there any legal or political pathways that describe what is supposed to happen if there is a delay in there, elections? There, there, there is no precedence. And basic law is a really... Uh, constitutional document and yeah. and they're always <clears throat> using it the NPC uh, SE decision in the right way because well the the, the, the whether you believe is a, is a, is an excuse or there is a real need for delaying the decision for one year mm-hmm. original recommendation made by a uh, path of democracy actually Lorani Tong was delayed for months only mm-hmm. but that didn't happen and he, he came to realize that Holding an re- election at the original time was not possible, and and I think uh, uh, this outcome is more acceptable to everyone. Proving the middle ground uh, is is sort of influencing the de- decision, and not let you know it's a victory of from Caroline's viewpoint because they she she's for for first time I think not letting the deep blue have it their way. Yeah, uh, what, because the only the only precedent that I could have seen antis- or not a precedent, but the only situation I could have seen anticipated would be, for example, if there was a typhoon on the day of the election, and does it say what the process is? Well, the process is according to current rule. It can be delayed for fourteen days. Fourteen days. If you if you really really stretch it, you could ask for permission 
to stretch it for another 14 days, and that's it. Hmm. And that's that's as written in the elections uh, ordinance. That, that after after it's gazetted, it can be delayed for 14 days for right. whatever reason. So anything do, beyond do that, we're think, making it up. Do you up. think the decision to uh, then to delay it for a year was that uh, was that a deep blue decision? Was Carrie Lam bowing well, to the ac- deep blue? Ac- according to this this editorial, which was sort of published long ago, it wasn't Beijing's idea. But, but, but okay, but was it was it the DAB's idea or, or no? It was Carrie Lam's idea, according to was Carrie Lam to postpone it for a year. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and what, what about the Democrats? What about their stance now? They are—they basically, I mean, they've said we're, we're still thinking about it. Uh, what do you think they'll do? What do you think they should do? Well, at the moment, the, uh, the, I think um, I'm pretty sure that the, uh, those who won the preliminary is objecting it. They want a total vaccination. And, of course, the traditional pandemics, the traditional parties... The uh, civic parties and uh, democratic parties and, and the independents, such as we talked about in the last program, even the moderates, uh, like one that was disqualified, uh, Kenneth Love, really, yeah. really moderate. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they are sort of led by the nose by the localists and not leading Hong Kong anywhere. I think if you look at it, if you step back and look at it, it's a political move. By, if you don't believe that that the uh, the pandemic is a, is a real reason for delaying it, it is a political move by uh, by uh, the administration. I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not sure it's Carol Lam alone by the administration to postpone the effect of this 35 plus proposal by at any time. And then a year is a long time. Man. Who knows what happened? The pandemic is now faced with the decision of re- of really being led by the uh, localists uh, or make their own decision to, to become more centrist, and which is what uh, uh, Hong Kong needs, more centrist politics, including, I think, even Chen uh, Jinbo, the uh, chair of the, uh, of the finance committee, is becoming more moderate, more centrist. I mean, you know, I tend to agree with what Lok Sang said. I don't care if it's establishment or 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 pandemicus. They have we have Hong Kong has to play centrist politics. We want democracy. We cannot pursue a path that hurts China, and nobody will succeed in this. In in this path of so so called. Okay, there's a question of what you think Hong Kong might need, but then there's the question of what Hong Kong wants, and surely they are, as you put it, being led by the localists, because that's where the votes are, Uh, because Mm. Hong Kong people are very unhappy with this administration, very unhappy with lots of things, so that they will buy up, you know, they'll buy up Apple Daily stock, I could go on, you know, and there will 600,000 people will turn up the primaries and so on, you know, Hong Kong people, they're just, you could just argue that they are just following the will of the people. They, I, 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 the people, many people didn't show up, the, the, many Democratic supporters didn't show up at that part primary. I was solicited many, many times on NPR station. I didn't go to vote. And I, I, it's arguable whether those votes are representatives of, of the Pan Democrats supporters. 
but they won. They won it through their way, and, and it's it's really almost a, a stealing a concept from a primaries within parties. And you know, this is not how primaries is done in elsewhere. Well, I mean, every, what, what, what every, every party has its own mechanism. What were they different? Any, anyone could, because you mean because anyone could join rather than members of the party or something. Primaries or uh, elections of uh, presidential candidates. Yeah, I think there are uh, in uh, in uh, in uh, in, uh, in a parliamentary de- democracy, they are there are either either internal uh, election at district level or selection. Yeah. So there's there's no precedence in uh, in uh, in a de- in a in a sort of democratic countries. Similar I mean, sort of elections. Do you mean to have an open? Do you mean to have, you yeah, didn't have to be a registered member or whatever? And you can predict this sort of, of, of sort of so called uh, primary process. The radical will make no, more noises mm. and will win. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we, we're nearly out of time. Uh, just a comment from uh, uh, maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll here's one from Ching, uh, who says, uh, in a recent Fox News interview, uh, President Trump explained the U.S. has retrieved business, which Hong Kong's allegedly taken away from the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ by cancelling its special status for Hong Kong. Trump boasted on air, we've taken all that back. Hong Kong will not be a successful exchange anymore. We're going to make a lot more money now. So he's revealed the real reason for his action, to punish Hong Kong for the success of its financial market. The U.S. regime should simply get rid of poor excuses and stop telling lies about imposing sanctions in the name of freedom and democracy uh, uh, I bet Trump will be targeting the EU soon enough starting with Germany that comes from Ching thank you very much indeed for that thank you to uh, Holok Sang uh, Alan Lung will stay with us Holok Sang senior research fellow at uh, the Lingnan University uh, Fred Lee also joining us after the news at nine and you we hope uh, as well call us 233-88266 the weather mainly cloudy with occasional showers and a few squally thunderstorms 29 degrees now humidity is at 88% the MPCSC uh, decision that uh, would uh, allow the uh, extension of the Legislative Council, the postponement of the Legislative Council, and would uh, doesn't raise any objection, let's put it like that, to uh, those four people who were ruled out of standing next time round uh, from uh, joining uh, the uh, extended Legislative Council. We're talking about the implications. Uh, Alan Lung joining us in the first part of the programme. He's still with us. We're also joined now by Fred Lee, uh, former lawmaker and political consultant. Alan Lung, by the way, is the governor of the uh, Path of Democracy. And we want to hear from you call us 233-88266 or you can uh, email back chat at rthk.hk uh, or you can comment on our Facebook page as well um, let's see if there's any more outstanding yeah a couple of a uh, couple of comments maybe just of all first of all uh, on the question of uh, Apple daily um, James says are we seeing the rise of the yellow dollar as a means of supporting democratic aspirations and as a form of protest yesterday the share price of next digital hit a 12-year high hundreds of thousands bought a copy of Apple daily and long queues formed outside a live family-owned restaurant I feel proud and yet subversive buying a copy of Apple Daily and I can't even read Chinese. Will these activities be broadly regarded as acts undermining national security? Will Next Digital be suspended or delisted? Apple Daily forced to stop publishing. Once again, Hong Kongers have shown their ingenuity to make their feelings seen and heard with the one thing the Hong Kong administrators and Beijing love and actually understand, money. 
That comes uh, from James. And Phil B says, I managed to get a few copies of Apple Daily to replenish my supplies of toilet paper. That's for the take on from uh, Phil B. And, and Hugh, Hugh yeah. did you see what happened at uh, Next Media's share price yesterday? Yeah, it was crazy. 20 times. Yeah, speculation as to like whether or not somebody's going to engineer a hostile takeover, if that was like sympathy buying, like like buying the newspapers. It was quite extraordinary. Do you, what do you think? You'll... You have your finger more on the financial pulse. And- uh, so I'm going to have to go talk to Peter Lewis uh, about uh, money talk <laughs> and get a, get a sense that I'll have to call some friends today. But I mean, it was really uh, a hostile takeover. Uh, maybe. I suspect uh, Jimmy Lai would have seen that coming like literally decades ago and maybe, you know, taken measures to head that off. But uh, certainly impressive. I, I'd be interested to hear from anybody that uh, wants to write in and tell us if they bought shares in addition to newspapers, because I think the shares were cheaper than a newspaper at this point. So it would have been a pretty cheap buy. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Back to hk. Fred Lee, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks so much indeed for joining us. First of all, what, what do you make of that decision, the NPCSC decision uh, on postponing the election and um, not raising any objection to uh, to those four people joining again? Uh, Alan Lung was saying in the first part of the programme he thinks that's a, kind of, that's a win for Carrie Lamb. That was Carrie Lamb's policy and, and they've accepted that. Um. My, my assessment is this time the MPC, you know, the standing committee make a smart move. That means the board is now in the court of pandemocrats. You see the four, you know, the four uh, candidates disqualified. Um, now they don't have to go through any procedures, any, you know, they don't, all of them, have, they don't have to take a oath again, just uh, transition to an extension of one year at least. So, um, I think that's a smart decision. So uh, it's now up to the pandemocrats whether they will stay in this one year or they will boycott and leave the council and waiting for next year election. Mm. Um, so far, you see the, the comment or the press asking for their comment, the pandemocrat comment, say, still not decided. I think they have a lot of debate among themselves, mm. uh, whether they will join uh, extension or they will boycott. And definitely, you know, those uh, already eager to join the seventh term election, the, the, the new electrical elections, those have won the primary election quite uh, beautifully through those in, uh, on the top list. They, of course, they will ask the incumbent pan-democrats to boycott because they are not in the council, mm. okay? They fight to go in the council. And, uh, and I, I, but those incumbents, maybe they have the different thinking, you know, for, for doing one more extension year and then connecting for the next term for, uh, for elections, that would be more beneficial. If you're coming up on council extension for one year, you are you're no longer as legislative members. You don't have all the resources, mind you. Being a legislator, you know, that I was there for the last 20 years, mm. it's very helpful for for you to set up offices and then going to election. Although you can't really claim your office for election, but still you have the base there for geographical election, direct election. What I mean, the resources is almost. You know, fatal. You know, if you, if you lost all the resources, how can they get the money for the election? Mm. Do, do you think they'll have another primary if there's going to be uh, another that's election? A, that's a good question. Um, 
they have already one primary, and mm-hmm. the result is quite astonishing. And 600,000 people turning out is also quite striking. And but whether they will do another primary, because I think they have to contribute. All those participating in the primary have to share the expenses uh, out of their own pocket. Mm. So if they, whether they would like to uh, have another uh, primary, um, my my if if asking my personal opinion, for fairness' sake, they should have another primary next year mm. because. We don't know the people's opinion. How they whether they would change for this uh, for after one year of extension of let's go. Sure. Well, but, I think if we if they have a you know if they of course next year hopefully we will have the election September fifth, and then I, I think it's more logical for for the pan Democrats to have another primary before the real elections coming. Yeah, there was there was a bit of a question as to why you know people were, uh, some people in the government were so bent out of shape about these primaries. Um, do you think it's because this was the first time the Democrats, the localists, everybody were working together? They were they were forming a more that's a show of a, a cohesive political effort to have a primary where they all agree to say, okay, well, whoever wins this gets to stand in the election. We'll all abide by it because the current system seems to be designed to fragment our political groups into smaller and smaller parties to run for LegCo, but in this case, they acted in a unified manner. Do you think that's what upset the pro-Beijing forces so much? Uh, I, th- I think the pro-Beijing forces not very about a primary at all. You know, primaries to fight among themselves, the pan-democrats, you know. Uh, the more radical one, the more, you know, prone, you know, the independent young candidate, the more they're coming out, the better. Mm-hmm. Because they will be disqualified, mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. You know, it's easily be disqualified if they still don't, you know, be cautious about their, you know, their their presentation, the platform. So um, the primary is really the issue among the prem Democrats themselves, whether the young radicals, the resistance group, uh, the, the 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 local light, local, local for localism group. And the uh, traditional pan Democrats, you know, the primary is so core, you know, is a one measure to really coordinate all different forces and coming to a decision whether who can run and uh, in the fl- under the flag of a Democrat. Okay, well, if if, yeah. it, if it's as you say now, and the, and the split is between the. Uh between the, uh, the the localists or whatever, or the radicals uh, who want to who, who don't want to uh, join the new LegCo, uh-huh. uh, um, and the old ones who do, uh, you know how split how bad would that get? If say they do retain their seats, if some of them, uh, you know, will will, they, will this be a collective decision, or will some of them say no, I'm going to go back, and then they will lead to more sort of division? Can they hang together if they have different ideas about this? Um, my my guess is, you know, um, it's really difficult for a consensus. Mm. I, 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 I think it's difficult. So the possible outcome is, you know, okay, we agree to disagree. So those who want to stay, going to stay. Those who want to boycott, will boycott. And then I think that's the best outcome if they can come to that stage. Otherwise, if they broke up or if they uh, if they really all boycott you know the 22 pandemic all boycott the let's go 
I think it would be it, it, it won't be the majority of of Hong Kong people support this, you know, whole boycott. Mm. Okay, uh, a couple more uh, comments. Um, Mike says, uh, Mike says, uh, well, first of all, he says, if no one's commented yet, I would really like to thank Backchat for hanging around this summer. I, for one, am glad for the chance to vent about these most unbelievable events we've had in these past couple of years. Uh, Mike says, on voting, just think about it. I line up to get on the bus every day, elbow to elbow, then line up to get on the MTR, packed in like cattle to slaughter. Then I line up to get in the lift and pack in to ride 15 floors, then line up for lunch. Need I go on? What is Miss Lamb's really concern? that I might get COVID lining up to vote. Give me a break. How transparent, uh, says uh, Mike. And uh, Matthew has a, a question that's addressed to, uh, uh, to uh, Alan Long. Uh, Matthew says, uh, and this is something that you were mentioning in the first part of the programme, uh, Alan Long. Uh, Matthew says, uh, initially uh, Hong Kong's sole MPC standing committee member Former DRB chairman, Hong Kong's number one patriot, had suggested the four DQ'd legislators should not be allowed to sit in the extended legco. However, it seems the CCP didn't follow his view. What do you make of this? Do you think Tam Yu Chung was wrong to express this view publicly? Does this mean the CCP doesn't really listen to our only representative? Appreciate your analysis. Alan Long? Analysis? What analysis? They've it, been pushing it, both in Hong Kong and in Beijing, and they didn't get it their way. I mean, the NPC is simply carrying out uh, the CE's request and recommendation and make it very, very narrow so that to avoid you know, the, the appearance of the provisional legislature, which is what the blue wants, deep blue wants. If, if Hong Kong SAR government doesn't smart up and let continue to, to let the deep blue sort of interfere with the normal running of Hong Kong through their sort of pretended representation of of a Beijing government, Hong Kong is doomed. I think it's, it's really, really a, 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 I think to me it's enlightening that Carol Lam finally sees, understands politics and he's playing politics. Mm. It's a good thing. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, with with regard to these sanctions from the United States, people were asking, oh, how come, you know, leaders of the DAB weren't on it? And it's like, well, because they don't really have any power, <laughs> was the suggestion. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, Alan, do you think it's, uh, they might have kicked back, the uh, the NBC might have kicked the decision back to Carrie Lam, because she's already on the U.S. sanction list. Her kids have already, you know, come back to Hong Kong from Harvard, because, you know, they might be seizing her assets, and it'd be pretty hard to pay for education at Harvard, uh if your if your assets were being seized by the U.S. government, but do you think the NPC doesn't want to get on the Americans list, so they're going to push more decisions back to Hong Kong because our leaders I mean, here are already on the one, list? Well, this is one country, two system. I mean, they they are they they wanted to lock, let Hong Kong run its own things, except for you know in the past. I think until now, the Hong Kong SAR government, this administration has almost proven that they don't understand politics. And this is the first time they understand politics. To show that, I mean, Bradley uh, uh, was, was saying, oh, well, this, this, this makes it very difficult for the pandemicrats because they'll be sort of fighting amongst themselves. And you, if you look at it, if you want an analysis, it's Carol Lam is forcing the uh, traditional tr traditional uh, pandemicrats to split with the, uh, with the localists. Which, which is what they should have done years and years ago. 
and not support the uh, the, the the radicals. I, I can see I can see the logic of that, but then you get uh, what? How can I put it? The very uh, active enforcement of the national security legislation with a very very high profile uh, raid of uh, Apple yeah. Daily, two hundred police. I mean, and a, yeah. you know, the guy in handcuffs and everything. Well, setting aside the law, that's that's a very a, a very loud gesture yeah. to, to everyone, um, and and surely. They must well have if they if they were politically smart they would realise that that just leads to people buying half a million Apple Daily and the stock price going up and it just it cements the opposition really it emboldens the opposition and and not just that, I, yeah. I I I don't think of Carrie Lam as an all powerful uh, sort of uh, s- uh, central figure that commands everything. Do you think of the police as an all-powerful central uh, organisation that commands everything? Because some people think that they think of themselves like that. Well, if she, if she really plays politics, and national security is not just about enforcing the punishment. National security, I lived in Singapore for a long time. I, I was exposed, you know, 20 years ago, I was exposed to advertisement every day. Uh, national security is, is about economic economic security and all that sort of blah 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 every day on TV. National security is also about support from the people, getting support from the people, and getting getting uh, good governance so people support you. And that is that has been missing in Hong Kong since 1997. The Brits run everything for us, and we thought we had the best civil service in in, in the world, which turns out. You know, not not really, and mm. and it's time for for the current administration to keep things un, under control, not just in in uh, amongst the, uh, the the within the legislature, but within the government, keep control over the police, and this is what they have to do. And in, instead of, I mean, at the moment you're shuff, we're shuffling all the responsibility to the courts, to the judiciary. And the judiciary is supposed to, to judge cases and not to uh, sort of uh, mediate over politics. And that is what, what Kerry has to do, really think, think comprehensively, not just local politics, internal politics, but international politics as well. Yeah. Fred, Fred Lee, you know, as a political consultant, what did you make of that, that very high-profile uh, arrest of uh, Agnes Chow and uh, Jimmy Lai? And, and can I just add to that, Hugh? Before, was it? You were going to remember it's not just Jimmy Lai, you know, but the CEO family, publisher, yeah. the CFO, the administration manager, the head of animation, and the two kids. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they really, they really want to send a message. Friendly? Yeah, from from the media, I watched TV. It's quite striking because two hundred <clears throat> two hundred policemen, you know, is such a mass, you know, action going to high profile and going to the uh, media company is very sensitive, you know, talking about press freedom. You, 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 now you're using national security law. Um, I think maybe this is the order coming from Beijing. I don't know. Mm. Because Beijing really cannot, you know, stand with uh, Apple Daily, this one newspaper in, in Hong Kong, to uh, badmouth China and badmouth uh, uh, SL government every day and still have uh, quite a number of uh, supporters. But although, although you know, the, the, the paper, the newspaper, you know, dropped from the climax, they used to have half a, half a million, even more than half a million issues, copies a day. Now they dropped to, you know, 100,000 or slightly more than that. But 
yesterday they have half a million back again. Mm. So, um, but they have that Apple Daily is quite successful in the in the social media mm. that attract a lot of young people, and uh, so I think um, maybe the Beijing government is really you know uh, cannot stand any longer. So uh, ask Carrie Lam to take, do something to take action. And, and Agnes Chow, I mean. I don't know. That looks the optics on that are not good, are they? And as Chow is already a famous name, you know, in, 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 the, in the last few years, and uh, because of what I read from the news, you know, I, I, I don't have any. any it's it's harder. Let me put it like this: It's harder to paint her as an evil Machiavellian, you know, plotter uh-huh. than, mm-hmm. than Jimmy Lai. She looks like a. Well, you know, she looks like she looks, and yeah. she speaks Japanese, and she does sort of uh, cutie things on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you know. But, um, but don't judge it on her look. You know, uh, sure, what, sure, what, sure. What she say, you know, she, she, she's okay. quite a tough lady. You sure, know, a young, 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 young person. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the optics, really. I guess. Okay, um, it just doesn't, just doesn't look good or help their case. Yeah, and then long some some reaction to what you were talking about uh, primaries. Uh, first of all, in an email, Andy says Alan Lung was incorrect in saying that n- no other country allows an open primary. U.S. states have primary elections for presidential and other candidates. In some states, you have to register in advance as a Republican supporter, a Democrat supporter, an independent, and can, then can only vote in the res- relevant primary. Other states have open primaries where any voter can choose which party's primary to vote in, similar to the Hong Kong Democratic uh, primary. Uh, that point is also made on Facebook by TC, who says a bit of fact-checking. Uh, in the U.S., 14 states have a so-called open primary election, mm. meaning registered voters in that state can vote for any party party's primary, whether he or she is a member of that particular party. Um, Also on Facebook, Tom says, on yesterday's programme, Fernando Chung was the most balanced guest I've heard in a long time from the pro-establishment political side. It wasn't Fernando Chung. I'm not sure who that was. Uh, He did a pretty good job describing how unideal the situation is. No one wanted to be in this situation where the government needs to crack down on the media uh, everybody's justifiably upset and your angry caller and I think he's talking about Bernard Chan uh, and your angry caller and many like him shout how wrong everything is without proposing any workable solutions for our tiny island embedded in an aggressive superpower uh, he did allude to fun underlying uh, causes for the wave of anti-government mania we've been seeing in Hong Kong the Cantonese language's status under threat and low salaries for young people versus the cost of real estate are perhaps some of the biggest reasons for the hopelessness felt by many which has been projected at the government right now. Once the us versus them existential crisis fades, and we're still standing and we get back to dealing with some of these issues. Uh, TC also says two points. One, I think it's pro-China individuals try to make Hong Kong Singapore 2.0. Singapore managed to hold an election during the pandemic. Uh, two, when US president talk about postponing the presidential election, election legal experts talk about the concept of ex parte merryman namely there's no provision to suspend any part of the u.s constitution under any circumstances now in the context of hong kong is there actually a provision to suspend the basic law does the mpcsc have this type of power by decree furthermore if this president is set what's stopping the mpcsc from suspending other parts of the basic law and there's a link there thank you very much indeed for that uh, tc and uh, Julia says, just now Holok sang 
dismissed the primary and the 600,000 voters, I think this was Alan Lung, as not representing the mainstream. He deduced this by asking questions at MTR stations. I was in a queue at the polling station. It was far from being wild-eyed localists. I saw families, professionals, older folk, locals and expats. That is democracy. Regarding Next Digital, I am one who bought shares in support of Jimmy Lai. Oh, it's, it's a small gesture within my control. That comes from uh, Julia. Uh, Alan Lung, I guess, I guess the, the underlying point would be is there is, there is still massive, even pr probably majority support for the opposition uh, in, in society at large, in, in LegCo and, and outside. That's the real issue, isn't it? That's what I, whenever I talk to executive councillors, that's what we have to keep coming back to, I try to drag them around to, is the fact that most people uh, in Hong Kong don't support the government and are at the best very, very wary of Beijing. So, so, How are they so, going to deal with that? So why does the average people doesn't support the government? Because the government has been very weak in knowing what the people want. And, and, and the, the sort of technical term is called governance. There's no no performance in, in government governance. This has not been single. The, the, this is not the only administration. It has been since 1997. Mm. And Hong Kong, Hong Kong, FAR government. And because and that, that that has you, you're saying what that that has led to well, mistrust why, and hostility towards Beijing as well because of the lack of well, why, poor governance. Why, why, why do we need a government? A government has all the public power controls all the resources. It's supposed to know what the people want and deliver what they want to the people, including political reform. And and and, gov and governors in the past, and therefore Hong Kong as our government chief executive, are supposed to be politicians, not administrators. And that is what, what is missing in, in Hong Kong. And, and any government... Uh, because Hong Kong is a presidential system, we don't have a, have a we don't have a parliamentary system where the legislature forms the government. All powers rest on the executive branch, uh, the so-called president of Hong Kong, which is the chief executive. And if this part is failing, Hong Kong fails. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, that's very true. I mean, the, the highest position you can rise to as a legislator is LegCo, which is, in effect, a nobody. The only power they have is to say no, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> they can't propose legislation. They can't yeah. you know, propose and pass legislation. They can only say no to government measures. So, you know, where does, where does that leave us with... Uh, well, the, the Hong Kong ICR government must show leadership and don't say, oh, I leave it to Beijing. It is your fault. And uh, the pandemic's fault, or Brahus, whoever's fault, the American fault, uh, the Brits' fault. Never my fault. You know. There's an interesting piece in the South China Post today by uh, Anthony Chung, uh, you know, the former Secretary for Housing, uh, where he talks about. Uh, he, he talks about a need to kind of give the Democrats. Uh, some kind of position, making the uh, making the opposition like an official role or something. Uh, in some way, I guess, uh, as he puts it, a win in democratic progress. Is that what you're suggesting, Alan Lung? That that well, th that is that is what should happen. To acknowledge the for, role for of a the... lot for a long time ago. Look mm. at you know everybody's talking about making Hong Kong Singapore. Singapore is changing too. The Workers Party only won ten seats out of I don't know how many. 
eighty or something. Mm. The very smallest percentage of the of the vote in the primary serves of Singapore is immediate. Now you have ten votes. Now our officially named an opposition leader. And Hong Kong Democrats should be thinking this way. They have twenty, I think, twenty-two seats. I'm not sure, twenty-two or twenty-four. This is a formidable opposition, and they should have an opposition leader. And Hong Kong ASEAN government should acknowledge that, and not think of the opposition as a dirty word. They are very, very constructive. Well, of course, the problem being is that those 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 seats are spread across. You know what? Ten. 12 parties plus independents. There's no one party that could be designated the opposition. You know, we call it the well, pro-democratic camp, but there, there, there are a whole bunch of different parties. You know? There's something called political leadership, <laughs> which they have to figure out themselves too. Yeah, Fred Lee. There, there aren't, yeah. there aren't, there's no yeah. leader, there's nothing like a leader really for the democratic camp, is there? Say that again? There's no leader in the democratic camp. Oh, I see. Um, you see, you see, this, this, the, the election systems already have created a lot of different effects. This, you know, by list system, large constituency, proportional representative, that system itself will create, you know, uh, small, more, many parties, okay, mm-hmm. and favor individuals, in, independent as well. So under this system, you know, the last code for sure, you won't have any, I, I even mean, pro-establishment party, at most they will have 10 seats or 11 seats mm-hmm. out of 70, not to mention the pandemocrats, because the pandemocrats always have to fight among themselves for that proportional seats, you know, uh, for overall territories, you know, 60%, okay, 60%, uh, we work, every time we work for the pandemocrats, okay, 60 or 58, 50s. that's almost a convention. But only with this amount of votes, you can only elect, you know, a fixed number of uh, pandan mm. candidates. Uh, if they coordinate, the best result will come. If they are not coordinate, but the pro-establishment candidate, they are really coordinate because they have only one power machinery to coordinate. But the pandemocrats, everybody want to run the election. So that's always, always the problem in, the, in geographical elections. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Fred Lee, thank you very much indeed for joining us, former lawmaker, political okay. consultant. Thank you very much to uh, Anand Lung, Governor of the Path of uh, Democracy. Holok Sang also in the first part of the programme this morning. Thank you both very much indeed. Thanks once as ever to our producer, to uh, Michelle Chen and our studio producer, Raphael, uh, this morning. Uh, last word going to uh, Andrew. Kay in an email who says uh, on Jimmy Lai, your indignation is simply your attempt to defend your so-called profession. The question is, did he break the law? If yes, he should be arrested, and he has. That's from uh, Andrew Kay. Uh, Andrew Work, thank you very much indeed. A pleasure, as always. The weather, mainly cloudy with occasional showers and a few squally thunderstorms. Temperatures up to about 30 degrees. The outlook, occasional showers and thunderstorms tomorrow. Fewer showers in the following couple of days. And very hot early next week. The thunderstorm warning in in effect until at least 10.30, so that's another hour. 29 degrees now, humidity 85%. Our hands often touch public items covered with viruses and bacteria. When we touch our eyes, nose or mouth, the pathogens can enter the body. Health is in our hands. To prevent infection, follow the seven hand cleaning steps. Rub hands for 20 seconds. Rinse thoroughly. Dry with a clean cloth or paper towel. If you can't wash your hands and they aren't visibly soiled, use an alcohol-based hand rub. 
What if our hands get dirty again? Clean them properly. 932, the news now with Pierre Tremblay. Executive Councillor and Barrister Ronnie Tong says the NPCSC's decision to allow four pro-democracy lawmakers to continue serving despite being barred from the next elections shows that no one is being persecuted. But Hong Kong University legal scholar Eric Cheung says it actually shows that the SAR is no longer abiding by the basic law and common law principles, but is implementing Beijing's comprehensive jurisdiction. The U.S. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden has selected the California Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate against Donald Trump for November's election. Donald Trump says he was surprised by the choice, saying Ms. Harris had performed poorly in the Democratic primaries. And a U.N. report says the lives of young people worldwide have been particularly disrupted by the pandemic, affecting their education and worsening inequality. More news at 10. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Hello, Phil. Not too bad at all. Even the up squatting. Hello. You never Facebook chat with me, Phil. Good morning. It's got the Tom and Jerry type violence. It's a great experience if you just want to get a bit of zen. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning. Yeah, and welcome to Wednesday. It's the Morning Brew with me, Phil Whelan, through until one. Normal service resuming today as we're off to Texas in a few minutes to chat with Janice Jensen from Nevis Animal Speech. She is going to talk about the tricky, often for your hands and other dogs' noses and stuff, the tricky issue of food and toy guarding. We'll be on Facebook Live in a few minutes from now. Two weeks ago, Chris B., from the underground told us about an in-depth survey she was running. Now, this aimed to accurately gauge the current living circumstances of Hong Kong's many, many freelance musicians during these very tough times. No gigs, basically. Well, it's now been published, and at 11.40, she's going to tell us what she found. RTL's Philippe Dovar is still holed up somewhere in the French countryside, so he'll hopefully be back with us from Paris next week. And as it's Wednesday, after 12, we're going to welcome back Chris Watts, live from his motion dynamics lair in central and today he is going to rumble your rhomboids do join us on facebook live for that one as usual with all your questions